This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's the Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. Of course, we're over at Adams Place, and uh, Paul DeHoff is sitting here with me this morning. And um, we had a, all of us, our bunch, had a nice breakfast o- over at Sylvan Park this morning and it's good to, there's something about having friends and everybody getting together that kind of starts your day off the way it should be because I know when I get up in the morning I don't want to get out of bed it's cold and and uh, have a lot of things to do and uh, but uh, I'll go work out and then I, I hurry so I can get over to Sylvan Park somewhere between 6.30 and 7 o'clock in the morning. And the conversation, it, it just revitalizes everything that goes on. And uh, I don't watch TV. I can't stand watching the news. And uh, getting there and having a conversation with people that are very similar to what your thoughts are, it makes it better, doesn't it, Paul? It does. It starts the day off when you interact with people and visit. Yeah. And you th- they think about things you don't, and you think about things they don't. And, uh, and we and we kind of tease each other a little bit. It does. I mean, we can't all be as good looking as you know others of us, but which one's which one of us is good looking <laughs> out of that whole bunch? <laughs> I, I think we're kind of missing something there. But, you, you know, um, it's also, in some ways, it, it kind of gets me down a little bit because there's always things going on with other people that is not a pleasant thing to, to hear about. And uh, we, we lost uh, uh, another one of our family members that has deep roots in, in Rutherford County, and that's the Mullins family. And, and we lost Jeff the other day, which is... Uh, uh, I don't think any of us saw that coming. But uh, I, when I think about Jeff, I, I always go up all the way up to, well, his dad, and then his dad's dad, the granddad. And, uh, he, of course, uh, they were on the square uh, for many, many years. And I know that uh, I think most people who have been in this community a long time, they have had very pleasant dealings with the Mullins family. And course he he would work on the clock at the courthouse years ago and and um i i miss people like that i really do a lot that's where you could t- you could take a uh fireplace mantle clock up there and he'd, he'd fix it he'd get yeah it, fixed. it was unbelievable they were the um 
Bell's was the oldest business at one continuous location yeah. until they moved out on Broad Street. Yeah. And Mullins was the second. They started in the 1920s. Oh, good and, memory. And they had uh, they had been there at that same location ever since then. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, they were there for decades. Yeah. Well, I went in there for decades. I mean. The third place, the, the place right now, which is the oldest business at, at the same continuous location, is DeHoff Christian Bookstore, DeHoff Publications. Wow. Uh, and, uh, and that's on Broad Street. Yes. That's yeah. in south, northwest Broad. Yeah. Uh, between Chili's and, and Haynes Brothers. And, uh, now that's a it, it, it's you think of it being a, a place where the Bible is so more than anything else, but you have a wide range of, of different types of books, yeah, we have novels, gifts and, and things like reference that. Books and uh, a lot of uh, you know Bible handbooks, study aids, things which are very helpful for reference. Because a lot of times you go to you know somebody says, well, I'm going to go read Deuteronomy. Well, who who goes and reads Deuteronomy? But you can take a Bible handbook, and it'll have about two pages summary of it, so you can know what's going on before you go in and read it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a big help for a lot of people, and particularly people who are new to the Bible or or not uh, not that familiar with it. Maybe they just didn't study that much on it, but they can go in there, and in about two pages, they can kind of be up to speed on what's going on, and then go read it for themselves. Uh, most of your uh, what I would call religious books are are most of them um, uh, let's say uh, in the same mode uh, or do you have all types of religions that are uh, that that are in particular uh, texts? We focus mostly on on the Christian religion approach yeah. to things. We uh, we do have. Uh, variety of different commentaries and books related to, to uh, Christian thought and, mm-hmm. and Christian approach to things. And there are books of poetry and, and uh, uh, George Goldtrap used to write, uh, who was the weatherman. Yeah, he, he would always throw his uh, uh, chalk up, up and, yep. and land it in his front pocket. And then he'd put down how many days since he missed it. Yeah, now. yeah. And uh, he wrote several comedy books that were really funny, you know. Um, and we've had those in the past. But uh, along with the store, we've also got the flag shop. We sell all sorts of flags. And, you uh, got that from Mr. Haynes, right? We did. Uh-huh. Uh, Fane Haynes yeah. had that for years. And uh, we acquired that and put it down there, and it's got, you know, you can order state flags and and uh, service flags, you know, Army, Air Force, Navy, Marines, Coast Guard, mm-hmm. um, large flags and small flags. And if you want, the, you want a big, giant garrison flag, we can order you that if you want it. We don't keep one in stock there, but we Do, do you actually have someone that can uh, put those up for you and... and- we do have a guy who can put it. If you want a flagpole out in the yard, we can get you that and have somebody put it up for you. Wow. And uh, of, of whatever size you want. So they... Uh, the, 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 the rules that go with our flag, they have changed over the years. Yeah, you, you never wore the flag as part of a piece of clothing as such. I mean, yeah. you might wear something with a flag on it, but you didn't wear something that appeared to be a flag as a shirt or that sort of thing, and that's changed to some extent now. Yeah. We do still have a rule that uh, 
you know, you're not supposed to let the flag touch the ground. Right. Other countries, like my my sons went to the World Scout Jamboree in, in uh, Japan, mm-hmm. and uh, the British flag over there was on the ground, and they were totally unconcerned about it. They didn't, you know, oh, that's not going to affect it. That won't matter. We'll just shake it off and put it back up, you know. Hmm. Whereas an American flag, we don't. We try to not let it get on the ground. When you were a, a, a little fella in grade school, did you uh, compete to see who was going to be able to be the one to raise the flag in the morning and in the afternoon take it down? Because uh, it, there was, um, it, it was almost automatic that when you uh, had the flag lifted in the morning, you wanted to be the one that was out there doing it because the patriotism uh, in, in this country was really at the top of the level during that period. My, my father was a university president out in Idaho, Magic Valley Christian College. Yeah. And uh, I, as, a, as a child, and I'm talking like 10, 11, 9 years old, I was the one who raised the flag on the campus and lowered the flag at the end of the day. Wow. And I would I would literally leave school in the morning sometimes if there was going to be a storm or something and you had to take the flag down. Yeah. I'd leave school, run over there, take the flag down, and then go back to school. Yeah. And uh, it was a different age, different times. Yeah, but, 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 but the teachers and everybody, they really supported that during that particular yeah. time. And it, it was a... I, I, We'd say I, the pledge every day. Yeah. You know, we said the pledge of allegiance and pledge of allegiance. And we were structured in a way that we loved our country, and we were actually told, uh, educated about people who had fought in all the wars here in in uh, in our country, and what it meant to have those heroes out there um, reaching out to make sure that freedom was a major uh, situation set up for the people that are here. Yeah, nobody uh, nobody pictured them as being perfect. Yeah. But uh, they certainly uh, were a tremendous asset in building the country and getting the country going. Yeah. And it uh, made a huge difference in the direction of the country and this, that, and the other. We've, uh, mm-hmm. we've gotten away from a lot of that now. And kids don't even, they don't know history. And... Uh, the history that they do know sometimes is skewed yeah. uh, in such a way that it's not not very favorable. Why Why did uh, uh, De Hoff's bookstore decide to purchase uh, and and take over some of the things that Mr. Fane Haynes had in his store? Because Mr. Fane Haynes was one of our heroes. I mean. He was uh, listening to his stories was so fascinating to me. He was captured two or three times by the yeah. Germans. Yeah. And uh, he survived. You know, he was in the group that they literally had them all captured and they're all standing there. And, and a German uh, colonel came up and uh, from the Jeep, from, from, not the Jeep, but from the German vehicle they were mm-hmm. in, had them all machine gunned. And... Uh, Fane said he was <clears throat> he was a little bit lower, right next to the curb, mm-hmm. and because he was in the gutter and the curb, the Germans shot them all and then they left, and he got up, he survived it without being shot, and one of the other guys had been shot in the leg, but he was alive. They were the only two left. 
Yeah, and that wasn't the only situation that happened. No, they. Uh, so many times he told me that he said I, I had an angel sitting on my shoulder the whole time I was there. Well, he and he and three others escaped from a uh, thing. He said literally they, you know, they had them on a forced march, mm-hmm. and he said they'd stop to rest. And he said while they were resting, the guards weren't looking. He said literally we just rolled back into the bushes. Yeah. And when they got up to leave, you know, they didn't do a count. They left them behind, and he said there were three other guys. Two of them were Army Air Corps guys, and he said they were absolutely worthless on the ground. <laughs> he said they were probably good in the air, but he said <laughs> on the ground. Oh, yeah, you want them in the air now. <laughs> but uh, they said, well, as soon as we get to the lines, we can turn ourselves in. He said, no, no, we can't because the people on the front lines are killing anything that's coming through. Yeah. And he said, we've got to go through those lines. And when we get a day or two behind those lines, then we will turn ourselves in. Yeah. And uh, and that's what they did. He was wearing a British officer's coat, and uh, so they Brit- they turned into to a British unit, and the British immediately shoveled him off. You know, as though he was a British officer. He was a, an American sergeant, but they uh, they shoveled him off to a different place because he was an officer. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what all of those people that had gone through. One, World War II, uh, Korea, uh, Vietnam, and uh, over in, uh, um, I, I guess, uh, some of our Mideastern countries. I wonder what they would think right now if they were here and seeing what's going on in Washington and some of the states that have gone so far uh, to the left, even talking about socialism and those type things. I wonder what they would think at this moment, because I have talked to some that uh, were in, actually go all the way back to World War II, and it almost brings a tear to their eyes when, when they see what it has become when basically they said, that's not what we were fighting for. Well, they've had people who, you know, the history, in the history of the United States, things wax and wane a little bit because yeah. you had a very strong communist movement before World War II, and a lot of people felt that was the way to go. And uh, a we, lot of it was in Hollywood. Well, I don't care what they was. say, what yeah. came out, it, it was in Hollywood. Yeah, and they, uh, you know, you always hear about the McCarthy hearings and, yeah. and how horrible he was, but his question was, do we have spies in the State Department? And yeah. the answer to that was, yes, we did. And uh, and they they talk about uh, McCarthy and and he had his problems and he certainly d- had a, a problem with drinking too much. Yeah. But he was a senator, and the hearings that they're talking about started in the House Committee of Un-American Activities. Yeah. Which started two years, at least two years, before he ever went into the Senate. Mm-hmm. And so when they talk about him starting these things up, that was already going before he got there. And uh, they they do a disservice to his his uh, memory and things that he had. And there were things that were too extreme, but he uh, his goal was to ferret out spies in the in the government, and they yeah. did. The Russians said at one time that they had spies in every system of the government that we had except the FBI, and they said as soon as J. Edgar Hoover is gone from the FBI, we'll have them there. And when Hoover died and somebody else took over. That was during Khrushchev's era, wasn't it? Uh, some of it was, yeah. yes. They, uh, 
um, they did infiltrate that. And of course, Hanson, you know, was one of the major uh, FBI agents that turned information over to the Russians. And uh, terrible loss of data that we had there. And, and and you think about it, why in the world would a, a an individual with so much responsibility turn his back on the country that that is the greatest country in the world? It it, it, it it's it's got more uh, uh, I, I guess respect for an individual's rights than any other country in the world. Why we see that? But it seems like we're some people are just completely blinded by their particular greed or, or their wants or whatever. Well, in the case of Hanson and later Walker with the Navy uh, during uh, Navy spying during World War II, mm-hmm. I mean during the uh, Vietnam War, yeah. um, theirs was primarily related to ego. It's a matter of I, I'm doing something to you that you don't even realize, and I'm so good you're never going to catch me, mm-hmm. and I'm much better than you, and uh, um, you're so stupid that you can't even begin to comprehend how good I am, and that that's part of that self-satisfaction. We, we, we've seen similar things just like that, uh, not that far away from us. Well, I mean, it seemed like everything was uh, just becoming shredded in in the departments, the law enforcement agencies that we have depended on and have so much respect. I know that um, I had family uh, in the Bureau and I I put J. Edgar Hoover up up on a pedestal. I really did because all of the things he did. I know that uh, the media bashed him after he was gone because he was probably... uh, in in his time, maybe the most powerful man in the United States at one time. He did have files on a lot of people. Yeah. And he, he kept up with what was going on, and he had a pulse on what was going on. And uh, there wasn't much that was going to get pulled over. He wasn't going to have wool pulled over his eyes. Yeah. And uh, some of what he did of uh, today's standards would probably be considered illegal. But uh, it was... Uh, deemed necessary at the time and expedient at the time and and there probably wasn't a law against it at the time yeah so well we we saw what just recently occurred in the fbi and in some respects the cia also and uh we have to keep a thumb on that we have to know what's going on in those particular areas and i i know that uh, a lot of it has to be completely kept secret uh, for uh, uh, protection of our country, but um, it's amazing to me how everything went sour there for just a short time, just to keep one individual from sitting in that seat uh, at the White House. Yeah, it's a matter of arrogance, and uh, I'm much better than you, and I don't have to listen to anything you say. The efforts to change the Electoral College mm-hmm. um, vote system, that yeah. was set up to equalize the urban areas against the rural areas, the, yeah. the farming areas. And if that is taken away, <clears throat> then we will have our president elected by New York City, Chicago, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and maybe Houston. That'll be who elects the president because that would offset all the other uh, voting systems in the United States. Yeah, but and the sad thing, what we're seeing in this last election is 
that people have migrated to certain states so that the uh, person that they're they're pushing for primarily will be elected and i've never seen anything like it well that was what they encouraged in georgia and yeah. someone pointed out that if you're going to vote in georgia you have to be a resident of georgia but there's no residency requirement you could have been there three days you could have been there a month you yeah know? but um the intent is that i yes i've moved to georgia i'm going to stay in georgia but the problem they had was that um the allegation was that many people who came to Georgia had no intent of staying there. Mm -hmm. They just came in, declared residency, voted, and then they're going to go back to whatever state they lived in. Yeah. And uh, that would be a violation of federal law. But uh, you'd have to prove it. You know. And uh, well, when you see the money that was invested in their particular candidate, I mean, it's it's unreal. And most of that money was not coming from the state of Georgia. It was coming from outside. And and the big money people, oh, my gosh. It, it, it's amazing how they turned on this particular uh, candidate for president of the United States, who was already president. And uh, I don't think anybody saw the upheaval uh, against Washington itself as they never dreamed it was coming, but when Trump ran, uh, there was a big push against Washington itself because what it was becoming, and that's an amazing thing. The uh, I, I worked in Washington years ago under uh, with Congressman Joel Evans, who mm -hmm. was of Smithville. Yeah, he's a great guy. And, and uh, it was fascinating. Evans went in under Franklin D. Roosevelt mm -hmm. as president, and he was there under. Roosevelt, Truman, uh, Eisenhower, Kennedy, Nixon. I think you may have gone out while Nixon was in office. I'm yeah. not sure. But, I mean, he had a history that was unbelievable. And he he talked to me one time when I was, uh, before I went up there working with him. He said, Paul, I always enjoy meeting you. And I said, okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, Congressman's telling you this. And he said, he said, because every time you meet me, you come up and you say, I'm Paul DeHoff. And he said, I don't have to be standing there saying, man, that face is familiar. Who is that? Yeah. And he said, even though I know who you are, by you telling me your name, it reinforces it. And he said, I appreciate that. And uh, it's, it's helpful at times to tell people who you are, even when they know who you are. Have you ever watched, uh, and I'm sure you have, when you have candidates that are running for uh senator or a congressman or whatever and whatever and they travel from county to county and they always have an entourage of people who know most of the people in the community yeah. that they're going they're to. whispering in their ear who it is yeah that. yeah and, and, and um, of course al gore would call people by their first name when, when they got around them because they have already had a uh, <laughs> Uh, a little bit of a hint who th this particular person is and, and what they do. And uh, politics is, is um, in, in today's world, it, it, it's so strange because most of the time that the uh, ads come on television, they're not for the particular candidate that is putting it in there. It's against the person they're running against and, and all the negative things that are said. And it's got to the point where it, it's a brainwashing type situation. And I, I won't watch any of them, but simply because 
I, I know that what they're, the information they're giving us is not the information we need to know, which is a sad commentary on today's world. The, uh, you've had five years of anti-Trump uh, information out yeah. there fighting against him. And even in today's announcements, I mean, they'll say, Trump's totally unfounded allegations at the election, blah, blah, blah. You yeah. know, and, or they'll put these little inserts in along the way, you know, without any foundation at all, blah, blah, blah. And, and there is foundation for many of the things that are alleged. Mm-hmm. And there are problems. They have hundreds of affidavits of people saying that there were exceptions to the rules on counting votes and how they counted votes. Photograph, uh, video of people running set of ballots through the counter and then they take the same stack of ballots and they run it through the counter again. Yeah. Well, they're not counting those. They're not rechecking those. They're counting them twice. And, um, you know, there was fraud in what was going on. Uh, years ago when my dad ran for office here in Tennessee and he served in two constitutional conventions where they were rewriting the Constitution. Yeah. But we'd have poll watchers at, at uh, a local area and you had to have one looking over the shoulder of the guy calling the vote because he would call it in reverse. Mm-hmm. You had to have another one watching the guy who was marking it down because he would mark it down in reverse. Um, not being part of the political machine, he was supposed to lose. And uh, the other thing that would happen is you get a lead pencil and put it under his fingernail, under his thumbnail with his finger there. And if there was a ballot that came up that didn't vote in that election, he'd hit their guy. And then that was a vote for them. Mm-hmm. Well, if it was a, a a vote for us, he'd hit their guy. And then it was a double vote ballot, so it was invalid. You couldn't count it. Yeah. And uh, poll watchers are who had to pick up on that. And uh, it was, uh, you know, we'd, we'd get calls from poll watchers, and they said, they're not even counting the U.S. Senate race votes down here in this yeah. precinct. And we said, well, are they counting ours? Yes. That's all you're there for is ours. And then they call back. They're still not counting them. Are they counting ours? Yes. And they uh, 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 focus on only on ours. That's all you're down there for. And they get down to the end. They say, well, how many people voted? And however many it was, I don't know, 2,300, 2,800. And they said, well, Senate race, we'll give our guy 2,200, give the other guy 300, and the other guy 200. And that was a U.S. Senate race vote. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was different times, different places, hardcore political machine, and you had to be right on your toes to pay attention to it. The, the scary thing that's going on right now is it worries me about when election time comes, is our vote going to count or not be able to count? And and it, we're so worried about fraud, and I'm very worried about fraud right now, as far as the election process, and it's one of those situations that it could get worse. You know, you have these uh, communist countries that they own the papers and and all of the uh, media things that are going on. Well, what we've seen in the last five years primarily is that the media is not putting out the news. They're putting out what they want you commentary. to hear. Yeah, commentary. Yeah, and, and if if that's not a situation that that bears watching a whole lot more than we've been able to, but have we lost our? Have we as citizens in the United States lost control of what's going on? 
Um, not entirely. We have people, good people out there who are going to address it and take care of it. They're trying to put all the blame on Trump for everything that's going on. Clearly, Trump didn't see this coming. I mean, yeah. uh, I don't think anybody saw this coming. And um, Trump has his flaws and he has his difficulties, but I no believe, perfect person. believe that he is dedicated to trying to do what's best for America. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's been an interesting pathway that the Democrats have taken in getting there because of the questionable uh, things which take place and the the guards that they put up to prevent people from being able to see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that causes a lot of suspicion among people. And uh, But I think there are good people that will step up and there will be a, uh, you know, there might be a period of uh, great difficulty, but uh, eventually it'll even out. Americans have a way of coming back from uh, adversity on whatever level. As long as we don't lose our voice. As long as we don't that's, lose our that's, voice. And that's a sad commentary because in a lot of ways we have lost our voice because we have no one in, in, in the media uh, actually putting out the news what is actually happening. And it, it's all been one-sided pretty much for the well, last four or five years. The word this morning is that Facebook and Twitter both shut down Trump's account to not allow him to say anything on Facebook or Twitter. Yeah, and we've and seen a lot of that uh, going on. For conservatives. Yeah. Not so much for liberals or the Ayatollah Khomeini or whoever else, or whatever they say doesn't get shut down. But yeah. uh, uh, not. And you, you, we've actually seen it in, in uh, our education process. We've seen it in, in, in a lot of universities where if you're a, of a conservative nature, you you can't appear on campus. And, and you won't even get hi- you won't get hired. Yeah. Uh, if if you don't fit the fit the bill that they're looking for, you won't get hired. Yeah. And uh, and they have banned conservative speakers. It's a it's a problem when you shut down opposition to the point that, that you don't even allow them to speak. And uh, that that is what's happened in many areas. Uh, things which used to be a bastion of free speech uh, have been, you know, leaders in shutting down conservative voices and things. And, and the amazing thing to me is you've seen how countries have changed over the years by utilizing these same tactics that have gone on in the last four or five years here in this country. I, I mean, uh, we're not burning the books. We just uh, uh, won't let those book books appear anymore. And it's, it's just it's just amazing that um, there, there's not more reaction to what's happening right now. And that's what worries me about um, are, are, are we just going to take it and just let them keep doing it? Or? Well, the, the hue and cry is that you're not tolerant. You must be tolerant of everyone. Now... Even though they're those not who, tolerant. Yeah, those who are saying that are not tolerant. Yeah. Because they won't listen to what you say. Yeah. You know, uh, you problem is you think everybody who disagrees with you is wrong. And I'm like, let me think on that a minute. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if, you, if you didn't think they were wrong, why would you disagree with them? You know, and, uh, but p- yeah, people attack it and they, you know, they always attack people. You're so one-sided and this, that, and the other, but the very thing that they're saying is exactly what they're supposedly condemning. So, Isn't it strange that uh, 
people like Bernie Sanders, you know, is pushing socialism in our country. Big time. And that's that's one of the easiest way to destroy our country from how we know it. But it, they're reaching out to the younger people, the college students' age, yeah. and and even in a lot of high schools and things like that. And the younger people haven't experienced life enough to know what kind of damage that's going to do to our particular country. And uh, can you imagine living in a socialist country? Because no. No countries that are under the the social rule like that uh, uh, has a very pleasant place to be a citizen. And they don't in. survive. Ultimately. No, no, they, they don't. As such, they uh, yeah. The the part of the problem is we've got the STEM program, which has mm-hmm. been great, mm-hmm. but it's at the expense of doesn't have to be, but it has been at the expense of teaching English, and history, American studies, uh, government. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, they have to know science and math and and uh, engineering, and, and those are all important. I've studied all those things. Yeah. But if you don't study English and you don't study uh, economics and and economic systems and and how things go, I mean, when we grew up, we studied communism. Yeah. We knew what communism was. Now, when it's presented, it's presented in a favorable light. You have, you know, you have people like. Uh, the aides that were coming in for Obama saying their hero is Mao Tostung. Well, they don't talk about the fact that he killed 70 or 100 million people. Yeah. Uh, and uh, my ne- next door neighbor, Glenn Mullenix, during the war, he was with uh, Signal Corps, and he and another guy were assigned to Mao's army in northern China for two years. And he said it wasn't so much that they wanted to provide them with radio information as it was they want that was the only way they could keep up with where those armies were mm-hmm. and so by providing them with radio contact radioman plus their job was to go around and pick up bomber pilots and fighter crews and things that dropped down i, I interviewed him talked with him about it quite yeah. a bit it's pretty interesting and a very tough life but uh, when the war was over he was up in northern china and they called and said the war's over and he said well what do you want me to do well make your own way back to tokyo and and uh uh, find some transport and we'll see you there. You know, so he, so he had to find his own way back. Then he gets back to Tokyo and they said, "Well, do you want to, do you want to muster out here or do you want to muster out in the United States?" And he said, "Well, why would I want to muster out here?" And they're like, "Well, you know, you got to wait a while to be transported back, and some people just want to go ahead and get out and find their own way back." And he said, "No." So he comes back to the states and he said, "He, you know, he mustered out after he got back to the states." But uh, in talking to him about China, he he just he did not have good things to say about Chinese. Uh, his experience was not a positive one by any means. But it was fascinating talking with somebody who had dealt with that. He he went to receptions with Chiang Kai-shek and Madam Chang. Mm-hmm. And uh, he talked about them and, and what they would do. And he said Chiang Kai-shek would be over talking with the generals and all the leaders and this, that, and the other. And he said Madam Chang would come over and talk with them. They mm-hmm. were enlisted men. Yeah. And he said, I realized that she realized if... If trouble came, it wasn't the generals who were going to be coming in to save them. It was us that would be coming in to save them. And yeah. she made personal friends with us during that time. Her English was perfect. As a matter of fact, she ended up living here in the United States after the war. Yeah. But uh, she, uh, her, uh, he said she was impressive in that she interacted with the enlisted people. 
as opposed to just paying attention to the officers. You think of the the individuals that gained power over the years. Of course, every bring, everyone brings up Hitler, but you know uh, Stalin, in a lot of ways, is just as bad as, as uh, Hitler was. Once a person uh, gets that type of control, they're open to do anything that they want to. Stalin killed millions of people he when he took over Russia. And, and and you see that in in all of these um, uh, socialist type countries, that's what it is. It's fear and and, and um, they're, they're afraid. Yeah, they're they're so afraid to do anything that, that may be contrary to what the government believes. But for Tolstoy's book, The Cossacks, mm-hmm. probably would not even know that the Cossacks existed because Stalin wiped them out as yeah. much as he could. And they were they were a tremendous fighting force, but you know after World War II, the Red Army and the and the, the Red Russians and the White Russians had their own f- battle over there, and they fought it out deep. And uh, when Stalin won, he went in and killed all those people, and uh, uh, thousands of them died. Yeah, and, I think uh, uh, a lot of our military people. Uh, were very unhappy right near the end of World War II because they could see what was coming with Russia at the time. And Russia, of course, world domination was has been in their thoughts ever since uh, all this happened. But, you know, we tend to put this against the people themselves. But the people really have, have no voice whatsoever in in these countries that have been taken over by those leaders that really um, power is the only thing that interests them. The people really don't at all. It's interesting that uh, the Soviet Union declared war on Japan five days before Japan surrendered. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was strictly to get in on the... We've got some islands we want to claim, and we've got some things we want to do. And, and they even were going to claim some of them, you know, and, and MacArthur said, no, yeah. you're not going to have that. And they're like, well, we will. And he said, no, you won't. And if you put people on there, I'm going to have them killed. The two bombs and, really did help during that time. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Let's we, take a quick break, Paul. We'll do it. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Paul DeHoff. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. At Heritage South Community Credit Union, we help when others won't. It's what our members tell us we do every day. Whether it's a loan for a car you need to get to work or saving for the future, let us see if we can help. If you live, work, worship, or attend school in Rutherford, Bedford, or Marshall Counties, you can be a member of Heritage South. Visit our website, HeritageSouth.org, to learn more. Insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. 
If only I could spend my whole paycheck on new tires, said no one ever. Which is why Bud's Tire Pros makes buying Michelin tires simpler. Allison Mitchell at Bud's Tire Pros can help you out. For service you can trust without the hassle, visit your local Bud's Tire Pros in town. They offer a straightforward approach to service, and they include the nationwide warranty with every purchase. Stop in today to see their full lineup of Michelin tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin has a tire to fit any need. Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. To find out more, visit BudsTireProsTN.com. I'm Rodney French from French's Shoes and Boots in Murfreesboro. I'd like to invite you over to our hometown store, 1837 South Church Street. French's Shoes and Boots have been serving Rutherford County with the best selection of work boots, western boots, and a great selection of shoes and accessories. Our bargain room is full of famous brand shoes and boots up to 90% off mall prices. Brands like Clark's, Merrill, Justin, and Area. Tons of shoes and tons of brands, all at super great prices. French's Shoes and Boots. 1837 South Church Street in Murfreesboro. SRM Concrete. With every new day, every sunrise, we build structures that stand the test of time. And upon their foundations are our homes, where we work, where our kids go to school. And with that comes tremendous pride. We don't just make concrete. We build relationships, trust, confidence. We're SRM Concrete. Build with us. An update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. The Rutherford County Schools have sent messages to parents advising them of the plan for Monday, January 11th. School spokesman James Evans says... Those students who are attending school in person will return to campus on Monday. Those students who are attending school via distance learning will continue to do so. And any parent who wishes to change their students' distance learning may do so by contacting their school. We have proposed a hybrid model that would have had students attending school every other day based on their last name for the next four weeks. We notified parents about this possibility in December. However, our school board at its meeting last night declined to adopt the proposal, and so we will resume school on Monday on the same plan that was used last semester. Murfreesboro police received a call Wednesday morning about a man driving a black Nissan Altima erratically around West Thompson Lane and Leanna Road. A witness said the driver appeared to have fallen asleep as he neared Medical Center Parkway. The car was stopped about two blocks after that on Northwest Broad Street at the Blue Raider Bridge. 22-year-old Arturo Vasquez was taken into custody and charged with driving on a suspended license and being in possession of unlawful drug paraphernalia. Tennessee's two U.S. senators say they decided to reverse their original intentions and voted against objections to the Electoral College. Senators Marsha Blackburn and Bill Haggerty were at the Capitol on Wednesday when rioters stormed the Capitol building, causing a lengthy delay in the voting process. Both senators had said earlier in the week they would vote to uphold all challenges to state electors in the hopes of forcing an audit in the 2020 election. After rioters were removed from the Capitol, a certification resumed, and Blackburn and Haggerty each voted against objections to electors in Arizona and Pennsylvania. I'm Ron Jordan, reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Have you been hoping to win $1,000 a day every day for the rest of your life with the added excitement of a chance to win instantly? Well, with Cash for Life with Quick Cash, today could be your lucky day. Give it a try. Simply add Quick Cash to your next Cash for Life purchase for a chance to win instantly. But wait, there's more. Then watch the nightly Cash for Life drawing to see if you win $1,000 a day or week for life. Cash for Life with Quick Cash, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. 
Somewhere out there, a math teacher's school loans were forgiven, allowing her to focus on paying it forward, not back. Somewhere out there, a parent is breathing easier, knowing their child's college education will cost a little less. Somewhere out there, a Hope Scholarship just helped a student open the door to a brighter future. And they all have players like you to thank for the $5.5 billion raised for education. Because every time someone plays the Tennessee Lottery, education wins. The Tennessee Education Lottery, game-changing, life-changing fun. It's a slick pig barbecue, spicy wings and Brunswick stew, everything made fresh for you at the slick pig barbecue. There's lean smoked turkey and chicken too, ribs so tender don't need to chew, well come on folks, I'm telling you, it's a slick pig barbecue. In 1920 East Main, you're gonna love the pig. The Slick Pig Barbecue, a Murfreesboro tradition. Good neighbor weather. A few scattered rain showers here this afternoon with cloudy sky conditions and a high into the mid-40s. Winds out of the northeast between 5 and 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 35. Premier Six Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes for Premier Six Theater. They're now open. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. You know, sometimes, Paul, I think that we just uh, ignore the great things and the good things we have done, and they go to somewhere where they think that we have problems and whatever. At, uh, before World War II, for us, um, this country did things that were literally impossible during that time. We became the strongest country in the world in such a short time but but that was because we had so many special people that that were in our factories and and all the other things that were going on they would switch gears and go from what they were uh uh manufacturing uh during before the uh, war actually started and then they went into overdrive when we started developing uh uh, great uh, uh, armadas to put out in, in into the ocean and, and to prepare us to be able to fight for our freedoms. And, and, and it's a shame. It, it only lasted for that particular time. We, we got through the 40s and, and in what we call the golden years in the 1950s. And then... Uh, we lose sight. It, it, we're so short-sighted, it, it, it seems like to me. When the going gets tough, then we get going. But if, if it's uh, during a, uh, what we would call a normal stage where we're, nothing is threatening our country or we don't think anything is threatening our country, we, we, we seems to go in uh, idle or neutral. We get complacent and yeah. uh, fat and lazy. Yeah. So. Uh, that's a sad thing. And, and you know, Churchill always said that uh, uh, democracy is, is the greatest form of government, but it has a strong weakness, and that's the people. 
Yeah. Yeah. There used to be a Charlie Brown cartoon I liked. He's standing on the pitcher's mound and all his clothes have been blasted off and says underneath it, there is no heavier burden than a great potential. <laughs> and uh, I, I, yeah. if, if you want to look at something that that can really kind of tickle your brain a little bit, it's the comic strip. As far as the newspapers today, the only thing is worth anything would be the comic strips and the crossword puzzle. Everything else is just totally uh, and they'll work, non-readable. They'll work your brain a little bit too along the way. So yeah. The crosswords. Yeah. Uh, that's that's something I, that a lot of times that we don't spend enough time. We get caught caught up in 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 what I don't, but a lot of people get talk, caught up in watching television and and all the other things that have really no place in the brain. The brain should be something that uh, is entirely operational and and you're you're pushing it to a higher levels and I, you don't see that a lot anymore. I had a crossword I was working recently and the, the clue was, it was a five letter word and the clue was the clue was a blade on a blade. I could not for the life of me figure out what that was. the answer was mower. M O W E R. Oh my gosh! A mower blade on the blade of grass. You know, <laughs> uh, who would get that? You know. But who knows what a mower is anymore? Yeah. You you jump on your tractor and take off. <laughs> so, but it's a yeah it's a fascinating study in human character to see yeah. how people react in times of crisis. You'll have those who are just bouncing off the walls, and you have others who are more deliberate mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, I know you being having been sheriff for so long, I, I worked some accidents where there were serious injuries, and some people were just standing there totally in shock, not doing anything. Yeah. Other people are in a panic. Uh, we can't do anything till EMS comes here, and others of us are trying to, you know, get the fire out in the engine and uh, and uh, get people removed from the car properly. And and uh, somebody said, well, how do you do that and not get upset? And I said, well. It's partly a matter of training. You do what needs to be done at the time and get upset about it later when it doesn't count. Yeah. I said uh, later on you, you're going to be upset about it. You're going to feel the, you know, the uh, pain of having seen people die and this, that, and the other. But, but at the time, uh, you do what needs to be done and get upset about it later. But it's partly a matter of planning ahead. If we anticipate what the possibilities are on things, then we can be prepared for it. You know, it's uh, it's like somebody who the power goes out, and they can't find their flashlights. Yeah. Well, why didn't you have it set in a place where you could find it? Why didn't you have a flashlight? You know, and uh, you have just, to be confident in what you're doing. It's a matter of planning. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. Training is is, is very much needed when you come into uh, things like law enforcement, fire, all uh, ambulance services, and things like that. If you're properly trained, you're going to go out and be able to take care of what happens, anything that happens in front of you. And, uh, and there is but, a certain emotional detachment yeah. at the time that's happening. Yeah. Uh, but but you have people, uh, I call them rubberneckers. Yeah. And, and any time you have a really bad accident or, or there's something that's going on, maybe the police are after and, and they're having to take care of the situation, um, they get in the way, but I, uh, I, I uh, if you're trained properly, I can remember 
that we, a person had a real bad accident right there on Broad Street. In fact, I can remember a number of bad accidents on Broad Street. But uh, the person had his head split wide open, wow. and he was bleeding terribly. And uh, all, all it, you, you think, what in the world it, it will, after we've already notified the ambulances and everybody coming, what would be the easiest way to help this poor fella? And it was just a simple push his head back in to yep. take care of, of uh, all, all the uh, the blood that he was losing at Stop the time. Stop the bleeding. And actually, uh, you could see him almost smile when, when you did that. Yeah. Because it, it, it's, it's uh, when you're in those type of situations, you want to feel comfortable that somebody's taking care of you. Yeah, and it's a situation where you can't say, well, what should I do now? Yeah. This is something you should study ahead of time and know ahead of time. And, you know, you're not sitting there trying to evaluate, well, okay, what uh, what are my options? I mean, you do look at what your options are, but, but it's not something you want on-site training. No. You want to have already been familiar with what needs to be done and what your options are and what you can do. And in dealing with uh, governments today, a lot of young people have not had a realistic presentation of what these some of these governmental systems are mm -hmm. and they uh, you know they have this idealistic uh, approach to things which which is fine but in reality it doesn't work out that way and yeah. history tells you that but they don't study history or they study a skewed presentation of history you know we can't talk about Washington Jefferson or any of these people now without dwelling on the negative things of it which and, is a shame yeah it, yeah, they, they all have weaknesses and, and warts, but uh, that wasn't their person. That wasn't who defined them. What defined them was the stand that they made to sacrifice their lives, their livelihood, their families, their farms and lands uh, to establish a new country with a new approach on things. And uh, it never been done like that before. Can you imagine them sitting in... The rooms up there in in uh, in Washington and Philadelphia and, and places like that and uh, uh, putting together something that was the greatest probably document that was ever created uh, outside of the Bible. I consider the our Constitution as the number one document in in. Uh, Nobody seems to uh, dwell on that anymore. You you think of what they did uh, as as far it, it was a it was an impossible hurdle to get over to create what they did. And the systems that they created um, were just incredible in anticipating things that come up. Like for example, the electoral college system. Yeah. You know that that was a. A, a great way to balance the huge population centers against the farm areas who would have had no voice otherwise. Yeah. And uh, it balanced those things out. You it think, still does. Yeah, you, you think about each state is different. They're, each one of the state's needs are different. And if you let New York control what goes on in Tennessee, then you've got a real problem. Yes. And, and, and then you wonder what happened in 1862 to 63, uh, why we got into such a uh, um, 
unbelievable non-compromise type situation was that they were just, the South was being stomped on when you get right down to it. But the financial situation was much better in the Northeast than it was into the South. And when you're being strangled like that, you have to react some way. The presidential elections of 1876, the Democrats were going to lose. And they came to the South and said, you know, we've got to have the support of the South to do this. This is 10 years after the war, 11 years. And so the Southern Democrats said, well, what's in it for us? You know, they said, well, what do you want? They said, well, we want federal troops withdrawn from the South. And they were still occupying areas of the South. They had governors appointed by the military. They had military control over areas in the South. And so the Northern said, okay. So they pulled the Southern troops out. I mean, pulled the Union troops out of the South. And that's the end of Reconstruction. And it was amazing that 10 years afterward, you know, they were still controlling the South in a uh, in an occupying status mm-hmm. and uh, that continued you know for a, a considerable long time and even after they pulled out I, I read some information at one time and I've not been able to verify it so I don't know but as late as the 1970s the tariffs for freight going east-west were lower than freight going north-south. If you had freight going to the south, it had a higher tariff on it than it did freights going to the west. Hmm. And that was a still holdover from uh, kind of pushing the south down, holding it down. And yeah. I, 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 I haven't been able to find verification on that, but uh, so I kind of hesitate to talk about that. But, you know, it's an interesting concept. And... Uh, it's you still you know I've lived in New York State and uh, bless your heart it uh, you know it is very common for they think you know everybody runs barefooted and uh, chews on grass and uh, smokes a corn cob pipe and you know I I said you people can't really be that ignorant up here you know and uh, they but that's the perception that's been presented of the South and when when networks go to interview somebody. You know, they'll find somebody, as recently as this Nashville bombing, had somebody on and says, yeah, we was a coming down so-and-so, and they're interviewing, and I thought, where do they find these people, you know, because that's the image they want to project. That's the stereotypical image that they think should be there, so they try to seek this out, and it's almost hilarious. But You know, actually, I grew up barefooted, running all over the place, and and uh, it was um, the, you know, we do the same thing with the people up north. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. we, we look at them in, typical, in, in a different way. Typical Yankees. Yeah. And, and, the, and, and people from the north are different culturally and socially than what we are. My dad grew up in Arkansas plowing barefooted 30 acres of new ground behind a uh, team of mules. And uh, it was not an easy life. And... Uh, you know, he reflected back on that as university president sometimes, and he said, you know, I, I went, he, he paid his own way through college and his own way through 
school that he had. He went off to boarding school for high school and and uh, did a scholarship. Went to Burt Burt College up in Spencer, Tennessee. Oh, wow. And uh, they, uh, you know, it was incredible. But we would have people come in sometimes when he was a university president. I never had a chance. I I was never able to get an education. I was never able to. And I thought, man, you guys are barking up the wrong tree because he he literally went from, you know, barefoot rags to, to being highly educated and respected. And what what he made done. him decide to to get into uh, uh, the church, the churches, uh, especially Church of Christ, and he he became one of the best uh, uh, preachers that we've ever had around here. The, he told me one time that when he was five years old, mm-hmm. he decided he wanted to preach. Wow! And did he say what what it was that uh, there was a man it? there was a man named Fielder, who uh, was a minister in that area, mm-hmm. and uh, they uh, he he just wanted to emulate him and be like mm-hmm. him. And when he was in uh, he he was double promote well when he was in the sixth grade. He took the eighth grade exam because they had three classes in one room. He'd do the sixth grade work, and they'd say, do your homework. And then the teacher would do the seventh grade, and he'd, he'd finish that and listen to seventh grade. And then he'd do the eighth grade, and he'd listen to eighth grade. So when they had to take a test to get out of eighth grade, teacher had him take the sixth grade. When he was in the sixth grade, had him take the eighth grade test. Mm-hmm. He said, you've already studied the material, but it made one of the highest scores in the county. And he's, but his stepfather, his father had died when he was six years old. Mm-hmm. His stepfather said, nobody needs more than an eighth grade education. You clearly have that. You're out of there. <laughs> Pulled him out. Wow. Wouldn't let him go back to school. So he would plow in the mules, bring the mules in. Then the teacher would come by at the end of the day and study with him in his studies at home mm-hmm. after, after he'd finished plowing all day. And that's how he kept up with his studies and stuff. And then he went off to Burrett to uh, high school, what, what would now be called high school. It was Burt College at that time, college in the European sense of the word being high school. Yeah. It was up in the mountains at Spencer. And and uh, they had, cla- you know, Greek, Hebrew, Latin, uh, the sciences. They had to study all that classical education stuff. Mm-hmm. And it stood him in good stead later on. He, he you know, he got degrees at Peabody and... and uh, um, other places that he'd gone, and he was—he received a Carnegie Foundation Award as one of the outstanding college presidents in the United States, and went to Harvard as a result of that yeah. uh, on that Carnegie Foundation Award. And it was—it uh, was a very uh, impressive thing. And uh, that was Lou Holtz up at uh, University of Tennessee was one of the people nominating for that. Wow! And uh, Lou Holt and uh, George Benson over at uh, Harding College in, mm-hmm. in uh, Arkansas. And uh, Carnegie Foundation looked at it and some of the in- innovative ways he had done fundraising, which no one had ever done before. Yeah. And uh, it, it's it's fairly common now to hear that approach used, but it was new at that time. And uh, he raised a lot of money for the college doing that. Wait. What was the most enjoyable thing that he did as far as um, um, maybe opening up some of the doors as far as the Church of Christ? Uh, he, I know he was, uh, 
he had, at, at one time he had the biggest name in Murfreesboro and Rutherford County as as far as uh, people love to go hear his uh, sermons. They would have chairs in the aisle up at East Main. You, yeah. Now they'd say fire code won't let you do that, but at yeah. that time there wasn't any such thing. And uh, also at that time when he first came here in April 1945, they were having a big liquor fight on the square trying to get all the beer joints off the square. And so they had a soapbox on the square, and people were talking. So he was talking on the soapbox, and uh, they were trying to remove some of the ladies that had people vomit on them or something when they were walking around, and you know they'd come out drunk and mm. threw up on them. So there was a big push to push all the beer joints off the square, which they did. Uh, but in the course of that talking, somebody down there said, somebody ought to put your teeth right down your throat. And he said he was really kind of concerned about it, Mm-hmm. And he said, this big, huge guy wearing coveralls stepped up and said, maybe you'd like to come through me and do that first. <laughs> he said, you go ahead and talk. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, uh, it was pretty interesting that, you know, there were people who would step up and uh, say what needed to be said. People don't even think about it, but at one time there was as many uh, beer places on the square as there was anything else. Practically so. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, it, it, about every 10 years, we see a big change in things that are going on. Um, and you and I have seen the square change many times as far as the type of business that, that, that have been going on. And uh, a lot of them uh, have been taken over by uh, attorneys. They yeah. have bought that so that they could be close to <clears throat> the... Uh, uh, Courthouse. Well, yeah, yeah, in the judicial building. And the thing that's kind of interested me, because we were trying to get our jail to be away from the downtown uh, area, and and uh, someone had offered a, an unbelievable deal for us. They called me, one of the banks did, and, and uh, you remember where that property was on the left where the Murfreesboro uh, golf course was and some of that in that particular area. And uh, it was it would have been perfect not only for the jail but to, to get all that traffic uh, away as far as the judicial building and, and get it off of the downtown area and uh, really uh, had it going pretty well. And then uh, the attorneys who had bought all of that uh, property on the square for their businesses. Oh, they, they, I, I, I spoke before them, the Mercerburg Bar Association, and believe me, they were not happy with me at the time. And they said, how, how could you make that decision to move all of this off of the square? You destroyed downtown. And we yeah. bought all this property. And I said, you're not the only ones that I'm representing. You've got a lot of other people that uh, uh, it would be a lot easier and, and, and uh, it would take away from the downtown area where it's just everything meets at one point and then you don't go any further. Yeah. And, they, and they basically, they still stuck to their... Uh, well, it's like when they moved the hospitals out, yeah. you know, from downtown and, and from Rutherford Hospital where yeah. it was. All these doctors had built offices around there and uh, suddenly, you know, they're they're hanging out there on a limb far away. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, they tore down that uh, pre-Civil War home that was there that had been used for a hospital during the Civil War and built a medical clinic on that. And uh, so most of those are now gone. And, uh, the, of course, they've moved all that medical stuff out to yeah. Medical Center Boulevard, that area. It, you, you just have to take most of these things with a logical uh, approach. But the, the, the bad thing about it is in today's world, People are looking out for themselves a whole lot more than what they yeah. used to. They would look, a lot of times they would look for what's best for the community and and, and look at the future and and see what's going to happen. And, and um, It's kind of like the United States did after World War II. We gave up a lot of things to help other countries. Yeah. The problem is those countries are now totally strong, can stand on their own, and we're still treating them the same way. And that was what Trump changed. Yeah. He said, you, you need to stand on your own two feet. You're not a child. Uh, you're not gonna, we're not going to pay for your operations and do everything at our expense. You need to take shoulder your own share of the load. And that hadn't been done before, and uh, not to that level. And so, you know, they talk about, well, you're, you're attacking our allies. No, we're just telling our allies, you know, you're grown now. It's not, pre, it's not post-World War II. Uh, you need to stand on your own two feet, and we shouldn't have to pay for it. And, uh, and that completely changed American foreign policy in a lot of ways and, uh, and helped those countries ultimately stand on their own and be stronger themselves. You think John F. Kennedy had the, the right idea and asked not what your country can do for you primarily is what he's saying, yeah. but what you can do for our country... Yeah. Um, that approach has gone out the window. Oh, if you listen to a Kennedy speech now, if you go back and listen to his speeches, you would never recognize him as being a Democrat. No. Uh, because he, I mean, people would think he was a rabid right-wing conservative yeah. uh, because of his speeches. Interesting the way politics ebbs and flows. And uh, I think we're in an ebb right now. But... Uh, it, I have faith that it will come back, although it's going to be tough. Uh, we're going to have some really tough decisions and things coming up if um, the programs are tempted to be implemented that have been talked about. Yeah. Because it's going to be very difficult. Well, I've enjoyed it, Paul. It was, it's, it's been a great morning for me. It's been a good day. Wide range of topics. Yeah. So. <laughs> Got to be a... a well, actually, uh, I have to be on my toes to be able to to um, get involved in those conversations with you. <laughs> well, I'm just thankful for the rumor. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, guys, we will see you in the morning at 9, and John Blankenship will be back uh, playing his guitar. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.